Hey everybody. Hey. Welcome to Night 20. Yeah, welcome back or welcome to our channel. <laughs> I guess this has just become what I say now, but this hi. Nate and Ed. Nate and Ed. Or Nate and Dad, however you Nate want to say. Nate and Dad, whatever. Um, today we're going to talk about backstory. Um, Which is exciting. Backstory is so Nate, cool. I love it. Nate loves many things about D&D, &D, and so do I. But you do seem to really like the idea of like, having a story for you. It's so cool. You're writing like a pre, like a prelogue yeah. for the main story. Yeah. For and I'll just kid. say for parents, like especially if you have little kids, if you have a kid that whenever they're playing, they're making up stories about what they're playing, they are gonna love D and D and role playing yes. games. Like all three of my kids. They would just, whatever they were doing, they were making up a story about it while they were doing it. And yeah. so that was a really clear sign to me that a game about telling stories was going to be something that they loved. And backstory is great because it's the bit the character, the player gets to add about his character. Like the DM in Dungeons & Dragons mainly yeah. writes the story. But giving the DM your backstory allows him to weave your story into it, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, and one thing I really like about backstory is like the DM can get their creative juices flowing and yeah. like weave that into the story. Yeah. Like um, your campaign's DM, Ryan, which shout out to him, we're probably going to do an episode with him soon. Um, he He's really good at that. I feel like he's got a shout out in every episode. I, I, think, he's, <laughs> I think he's only gone three. Okay, here we go. So far. Um, but he's really good at that, and so are you. You're like amazing at sort of weaving in um, interesting things about our character. But I, f I think it's cool. It's like the thing the player contributes to the yeah. like story. Yeah. Because that's ultimately to me. I know not everybody feels this way, but ultimately to me, the the juice of D and D, like the the cool thing about role playing games, is it is a shared story. Like it's yeah. it's not the DM writing a novel. It's not the players playing a video game that's already been written. It's the story developing together. Um, and we'll talk about it more in other situations. But and the story can it's like really cool. weave and like change. Yeah. And yeah, it's really interesting. And like the thing that's cool about it is like you're you're sort of vibing off of each other. So like there's been so many times as a DM where I've put something in a campaign that, or in a session that really wasn't that big a deal to me and the players just grabbed a hold of it, it got their imagination, it got their juices flowing and they wanted to know all this stuff about it and it became like a running thing. And, and the opposite is true as well. I've had DMs that have taken something from mine or somebody else's backstory and it was just a little thing but for some reason it sparked their imagination and the DM made that like a big part of their campaign. So like it's this shared thing that you're creating together. That's yeah. And that's one of the really cool things about backstory. Um, but let's go way back in time to when you first started oh, playing. Dang. Back in my day. Yeah, long time ago. Um, <laughs> okay. AD and so D. The history of backstory. Um, so I didn't like I said. I'm, I started playing in second edition, Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. But the original Dungeons and Dragons game, there was no backstory. You would roll up characters on the night. It was very different than the game today. And in different situations, we'll talk about how different it was and some of the cool things about it and some of the things that it's, that it's changed. Um, but you just rolled up a character on the night and you did a dungeon crawl. That was, that was Dungeons and Dragons. 
And most of the time it was pre-written. Sometimes people would, after a while people started vibing off of it, making their own dungeons and stuff like that. But it was just, you just did a dungeon crawl. And you did it for like three or four hours, however long it took, and then that was your game and you were done. And then Advanced Dungeons and Dragons brought in the story element. Um, where you would string together these like like a dungeon crawl and then traveling to another town and there being a problem there and dealing with that and then traveling to another place and then stringing together to what people nowadays call campaigns where you take a character from a relatively low level and you stick with that character as they have a bunch of adventures a campaign's really just a series of one yeah so when that idea started in advanced dungeons and dragons second edition then there was players started coming up with storylines for their characters but like you would go into a game you usually didn't have much yeah. like maybe you would say you know oh my character is rich or poor uh, they travel a lot or they've lived in this town their whole life you know but it was very simple stuff. yeah and over time from second edition the longer it was around and then into third and 3.5 people started getting more and more into the storytelling aspect of D&D, which is why it's, I think, why it's continued to be really popular. If it had just stayed the way it was, persecution, I don't think it's really Well, popular. I mean, there's a reason why all of the D&D books say from the world's best role-playing game. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. So, really that backstory became more and more important, but it was all just totally DIY. Like, there was nothing. If you go back in the 3.5 edition handbook, it might tell you that you might want to do a backstory. But there was no like aid to do it. You just sort of winged it on your own. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of the history. What's what's it like now in fifth edition? So I don't have much experience with the older editions, but fifth edition I do sort of know about. And it's done something pretty cool where like when you create your character, there's like its own backstory options. Like there's nobleman, sage, hermit. Um, and like, if your character is one of those things, you'd probably want to choose them. But, I mean, I, when I make my characters, I usually just make the backstory on my own, and then pick one for the proficiencies, which proficiencies are important, that we'll talk to you about them later. Um, but basically, like, it's an easy way to like, sort of spark your imagination. Um, but also to help you, especially yeah. like if you've never done a backstory before. Yeah, you can just say like, I'm a nobleman or I'm yeah. a sage. So then... if you pick nobleman, what happens? You get, you get, there's like certain equipment items that you get that are default to the nobleman backstory that maybe you don't get to other ones. Yeah. Um, then there's certain proficiencies that you get that somebody who was a traveler or a folk hero, a local hero, they would have different other proficiencies and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's a way for for you to like have some structure to help you create your backstory. Like everything in D&D, the rules and the stuff that they have in place, they're just to help you. And if they don't help you, you don't have to do them. Like, so if you just want to do your whole backstory from scratch, and then maybe if you if you were like, oh, I don't want to miss out on the proficiencies, then you could like talk to your DM about it, or you could find the one that's closest to your backstory. But if you like doing your backstory from scratch, you can do that. But this definitely gives you some structure so that it's easier to help a person come up with backstory. Yeah. Which I've, I think I've made all of my backstories up from scratch, but the proficiencies are like so valuable. They yeah, just yeah. have to yeah. get them. 
Well, cool. Um, well, we've said the word proficiency like three times in the last 30 seconds, so maybe we should talk about that in our critical concepts. Foreshadowing. Anyway, see ya. Hello, welcome to the Critical Concepts. This is where we need like a voice modulator where we can be like, Critical Concepts. That would be pretty cool. Anyway. But we don't um, have one, so. Our Critical Concept today is about proficiencies. Proficiencies are related to skills, but we haven't talked about skills yet. Yes. So we have talked about ability, your ability scores. That's the core six stats that you build your character around. That's strength, dexterity, constitution, intelligence, wisdom, charisma. I was I like, have this, you I forgotten I a little bit out of order. Yeah. Um, but then each of those give you plus or minuses that go towards your skills. Yeah. So then there's a longer list. I don't even know how many it is. I would put it at around 20 to 25, maybe. It's like survival, athletics, acrobatics. Sure, there's heaps but, but I feel like it's like, like 25 different core skills. And these are the things that you roll on for all Check. sorts of things so if you're trying to bust down a door your dm will say roll a athletics check and that athletics check is plus or minus bit based on how what your strength is or like if you're looking for like if you're like scouting and you're looking for something specific you would roll a perception check well, if you're which, looking for something specific you might roll an investigation check depending on what that's it is true or if you're just looking you and would each roll of those skills is based on your core abilities mm. but then on top of that you can be proficient at something. Which basically means um, your class and your backstory can give you proficiencies for things, which basically means you're good at that thing. Um, and it give, and it makes the plus that it gives you of that higher. Yeah. So I think it's an extra plus three to it, which is really So let's cool. say you're investigating. You're, yeah. you're looking for, you've broken into somebody's office and you're looking for a receipt that's really, really important. And the DM says, roll your roll your investigation. Yeah. So let's say you're reasonably intelligent and you get a plus two to whatever you roll yeah. for your investigation. But if this is something that you do a lot because your character is intelligent, you might have proficiency in that. So instead yeah. of getting plus two, you get plus five. Plus five. And so really being good. proficient at something is really, really important. Yeah. And it's a way of sort of specializing your character. So like... I might have a character who is uh, like an outdoorsman, and so all of my proficiencies are in like survival and perception. Um, somebody else could also have a really outdoorsy character, but they might specialize in other things like animal handling or something like that. So you can have like the same kind of type of character, but the proficiencies can really make them sort of specialized. Flies. Um, yeah, proficiencies are cool. I wish they let you like just choose which skill you want your proficiencies in, because they come in pre-made combos that you cannot change. Oh, uh, you you do get uh, electives a little bit though. I feel like you do. Uh, you might get like two. I think you get not, two. Not all of them for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think you, you only get, get one or two, two that you get to choose. And then you get four that you don't choose. Yeah. But again, you could probably talk to your DM about if you wanted to switch one up or something. And, yeah. and you had a reason that fit your story. Your but yeah, backstory. proficiencies are really useful. And when making your character, don't forget, like I did, to um, get all of your proficiencies. Because the character I'm playing, like four sessions in, I learned that I had half of my proficiencies on. <laughs> so don't mess up like me. Yeah. So 
one last thing uh, because this is an alternate rule that I think is really really cool. We use it in the in the campaign that I'm running right yeah, now that Nate's in, um, and that is that like anytime somebody does some kind of check, somebody else in the party can assist them, and if they assist them, it gives them advantage, which is really really important. Which that isn't the specialized rule, yeah. but like no no well that's the basic yeah. rule. So what I've done that's sort of it's a house rule. I didn't come up with it, but I think it's really useful is to say you can only assist another person if you're proficient in that skill because like otherwise you're just constantly assisting each other it sort of it sort of makes skill checks much less important because they become way easier because you're always yeah. rolling an advantage and this alternate rule of saying you can only assist if you're proficient in something it makes your proficiency that much more important yeah because then like you have this specialized skill that you can not only use for yourself but you can help other people with yeah. so like the classic example in our campaign is we have a guy who has really low does really really badly at stealth he's just terrible at stealth so we have another guy who's incredibly stealthy and is proficient in it so he always helps the other guy and he's like you know if they're trying to move quietly through the woods he's like i'm pointing out to him the places to step and things like that where he won't make any noise and stuff like that and it's really cool and the like, thing is, it makes sense yeah. that somebody who's really stealthy could help other people that aren't as stealthy be good at it. and the thing is it doesn't really make that much sense hmm. like the normal rule like if someone's good at like let's say survival and you're not that good at survival i feel like you would just be getting in the way <laughs> yeah. like you're less yeah. useful than them yeah. I feel like would give you disadvantage. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Interesting hazard. Um, but yeah, I think that's all we have on proficiencies. Yeah. Yeah. Another critical concept in the books. Yeah. See you. Hello again. Um, yep. Welcome back. So yeah. we were going to talk a little bit about. Um, just like our experiences with backstories, so which I mean, you've had a fair amount of experience. Yeah, with that. but what's like a what's what do you like to do when you're creating a backstory? Um, I like to sort of freestyle, um, because like the when I freestyle, I I struggle to find um like pre-made backstories for like my character that like fit with it. Mm. But I kind of like that because it sort of makes me feel unique hmm. um when i come up with an idea that's almost original that probably isn't actually original but as far as i know it's original yeah that's cool like the character i'm using in your campaign yeah. who's got a pretty interesting backstory yeah what about you your well like as a dm and then as a player i've seen a lot of different things and i guess that's one of the things i really want to emphasize when you're thinking about making a player a, a character like there's so many different approaches like i literally have had players come to my table to play and they have literally written like pages of backstory and then i've had people that have come and they could sum up their backstory in like a sentence or two you know so like the the character i've been running in a campaign lately initially i didn't know how long i was going to play i thought i was just going to be a short-term player in this campaign and so my backstory was literally, my character has a dark past and he is hiding in plain sight. So he is a caravan guard. Um, he's just a basic fighter, a caravan guard. And that's it. And he likes coffee. Yeah. That was my backstory. He loves coffee. Yeah. That was it. 
And awesome. then like five sessions into it, it became clear that I was going to be a long-term player in this. So I did write more. I, I explained that that dark past, which when I did the initial like two-sentence backstory, I didn't even know what that was. I just said, he's got a dark past. Um, and then, but then I made up that part and the DM ended up using that and weaving into like a major chapter in our campaign, which is really yeah. cool. Um, but really yeah, like I started out with literally, he has a dark past. He's so he's hiding as a guard and he likes coffee. Yes. That's an incredible backstory <laughs> though. Yeah. Like a plus for effort. Hmm. Yeah. What I sort of do is I just take like my ideas, which yeah. Um, and then I'm just like trying to you weave them sort of together. Obsess over them a little? No, I take my crazy <laughs> ideas that are in my brain and I try to fit them together. Yeah. And that's how I ended up with the halfling adopted by turtle people <laughs> who became a druid. That's a great idea. Hey, it is. It's really interesting. Because weaving crazy ideas together makes a crazy good idea. So it's like a druidic community of turtles, awesome. which are turtle people. Yes. And but you were a halfling that was adopted by them and raised by them. Because my parents died. Because characters can't have parents. <laughs> especially in Disney. If you've ever movies. watched a Disney movie. Yeah. Okay. So now. Yes, this is. We thought we would do a great experience. Who was supposed to go first? Okay, so we have each come up with a base character. All we've come up with is race, class, and a couple of strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. And the other person does not know what they are, yeah. and they have to come up with a backstory. And I'm really excited about this. This is going to be pretty interesting. Because... Apparently our cats are excited about it. Yeah. Okay, so what? who's going first? You. So you're going to ask me first. Or you want me to pitch mine? You, you pitch your ideas with me. Oh, okay, okay. Hey, this shows we haven't planned it yet. Yeah, so you can see how it works. Yeah, we can see. Okay, it. so my idea: tiefling. Oh, I love it. Fighter. Nice. Totally basic. Pretty generic. High wisdom. Very high wisdom. Like. High wisdom. Extremely low intelligence. Dude, I already love this character. Go. Um, so he's like really perceptive, but he doesn't know, really, he doesn't really care enough. Um, like he's, his eyes are like really attuned to all of his surroundings, but he doesn't care enough to pay it. Well, no, he just doesn't really comprehend them. Hmm. Well, no. Hmm. <laughs> um... <laughs> This is hard. This so is... you're saying like he doesn't connect the dots. Yeah, he's bad at connecting dots, but he sees all of so the So he's dots. like, I hear a noise and I see footprints and there's fur on the tree bark, but he doesn't he doesn't put it together what that means. He's like, hmm, <laughs> footprints, <laughs> blood. Mm. Great right. place to set up camp. Growling noise. Let's camp here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. But yeah. Yep. And he's like strong. So he hits stuff, mm. and he hits anything he sees, mm. but he's bad at, like, strategic. Mm. So let me tell you, this is based on a friend of mine in America's right. character that I love so much that I've actually put this character, I've turned him into an NPC that I use in some of my campaigns. Oh, is it the one named Nate Don't Look? No. Ah. <laughs> I need to know who that character is. Anyway, um, initially this character was a half 
<laughs> so he, but anyway, so the way this guy played, he was playing with a bunch of people that had never played a role playing game before, but he was experienced. And he and I talked about it and he said, I don't want to be the person that makes all the decisions and does everything because I don't think that's fair. I want them to do that. And so he said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to play a low intelligence character who would never make any decisions. And so I was like, okay. And so he said, so I'm going to roll up and my lowest stat I'm going to put in intelligence so that I don't, so I don't make decisions. I don't remember. It was low. It was definitely some of it. Um, but then he ended up in the end having pretty high wisdom. And so sort of the way we played that is that for the most part, he never knew what was going on. And he was just like, uh, 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 like, and he never had any ideas, but very occasionally he would have these like really perceptive insights, like that, that a wise person would have, like, like, so they would be talking to a person and all of them would be like, oh, we don't know what this person's like and everything. And his character would be like, I think we should trust this person. And everybody would be like, whoa, what? You have an opinion? Like, you would never, like, but you would have these, like, deep insights occasionally, you know? So it was, it ended up being a really fun character to be uh, around because he was just mainly stupid with occasional, like, very insightful comments. Actually, if you're an experienced player playing with low experience char- characters, low intelligence. Low, low experience. Oh, other low experience. experience. I gotta get that. Um, then a high wisdom, low intelligence would actually be really good because you would notice everything they can make decisions on. Yeah. But you never yeah, have an opinion right. yeah. or anything. And he told me it was fun and also frustrating because he would be sitting there sometimes <laughs> knowing what everybody should do and um, you know feeling like he couldn't say yeah. anything or shouldn't say anything. Yeah. Okay. Okay, on to mine, which is on HH. Right um, not this page. Give me a second. Again, no, you know it's not planned when with this disorder. Um, so the race is high elf. Okay. Class barbarian. Sorry, the official dog of our podcast is making yes, this right the now. official mascot dog. <laughs> and the traits. Wait, okay, high elf what? High elf barbarian. Yeah. Okay. The traits um, are high wisdom and strength and really low charisma. He will be right back. He's shutting up the dog. Um, high elf. High elf, high wisdom, high strength, low Barbarian. charisma. High strength, low charisma. Yeah. So, high elf barbarian, that is, that's cool. I know, I feel like that would be really interesting. Yeah. So, I'm going to basically, I'm going to cheat and use some things from, like, the world that I'm working on right now, because I just like this idea. Um, I had an idea for, like, a clan of elves that live up in, like, the Arctic. And they're basically on the fringes of society. They would essentially mainly be, like, barbarian types. Um, they would be like a clan, but they were elves because I, it's really cool that you thought of that because nobody ever makes an elf in a barbarian. I know, like, it's I just so think it's really sad. Cool. And like... that's, so that was my idea for this clan. And they basically, like, they live off of, like, walruses and seals and that's fish so cool. and they live in the ice and they make, like, these, you know, and they have Are to they deal seals? with, like, they have to deal with, like, dire bears and... Um, white dragons, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like they live in this really remote area. Um, so I would definitely, this would definitely be like a hero of one of these clans. So somebody who had been like 
he had been like a leader of one of these clans and maybe like really really well respected and everything and then one day like when he and a mate were like trying to kill a walrus um he had like one of the tusks like went into like his eye socket and like broke part of his cheekbone and so he's got this like he's blind in one eye and has this like misshapen side of his face that's kind of collapsed in and so he's super creepy looking <laughs> Dude, and like so cool. and like maybe like in their superstition being marked by a walrus is like Bad means luck. that he's yeah he's like basically he's an unlucky person and so he went from being a folk healer to being like an outcast and now he like travels you know he's like traveling through the land doing things or whatever um, but he has all these like really foreign customs and superstitions and ideas and he's pretty disfigured in the face what do you think that would be really That's a pretty cool, cool start to a character. Yeah, I, mean, I kind of want to play yeah, this character now. Yeah, now I'm like, mm -hmm, thanks for the idea. <laughs> one problem, I said he had really high wisdom, and he's blind. Well, since he was like a hero, he would have a lot of experience. That's true. And he would be really good at like, you know, survival skills and, and like insight and understanding situations yeah. and stuff like that. And I guess you could mess with the idea of since he only has one eye, maybe that would affect his perception. But maybe because he only has one eye, he's really developed his sense of smell and hearing and stuff like that. Maybe. Um, Th that's a really cool idea. So what we just did, that's a game that me and Nate play with each other a lot. And then it gets us really excited that we never have time to actually play this Oh yeah, no, sorry, girl. What's your, <laughs> what were you thinking? Yeah, um, so I was thinking kind of along the same lines sort of as you um so i was thinking like banished pile um and he like lives up in like the mountains um and has gotten like really good at like surviving in the mountains on his own um and has gotten like really strong and like adapted sort of with nature mm. so he's always mountains. been like a hermit yeah so he's yeah. really uncharismatic yeah because he hasn't been around people for like 10 years yeah um but he's like strong and he's like re he's really good at noticing things mm -hmm. but he like doesn't like people because nice. his people betrayed him cool that's a cool idea yeah so i hope that we've inspired you a bit to think about backstories um, again if you're like a parent that's playing with kids um get them to give you information about their stories give them a little a couple of seed ideas and then watch them create stories about their characters because it's yeah. something that kids really, really love to do. And new players, I find new players really, if you teach them a little bit about how free they are to make up whatever story they want, I find new players really get into their backstories. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. Like most of the players in the campaign you're running, mm -hmm. we're all pretty, pretty unexperienced yeah. or inexperienced. Um, and we all have pretty cool yeah you guys have done some cool backstories for sure so awesome. yeah well thanks guys and we'll hopefully talk to you again soon hopefully goodbye <laughs>